0: okay so what's the first time you guys remember being consciously in a body like for me I think it was probably when I was a little kid and adults would probably be like oh you're so skinny that's amazing or just sort of react with that kind of encouragement and that Mm -hmm. made me feel kind of like Uh, being skinny was, like, the thing that was valuable about me or deserving of attention. What about you? In the first grade, I vividly remember some girl saying to me, Oh, you have a swimmer's body. And I was like, what does that mean? I'm just trying to learn first grade math right now. First grade is, like, six years old, right? Yeah, why do I have to think about my body in this... First grade math class. Yeah. 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 What about you, Garrett?
1: My experience was pretty different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you think that is? I don't, I don't
1: know. Well, as a young boy, the main thing that people pointed out to me was that I was super skinny. Always oh, so skinny. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was very tan, and I remember getting comments on that because I had, like, really blonde hair and really tan skin. Hmm. Uh, I was living in Morocco. for. That's where I my childhood was but the first memory i have of being aware of my body was i i remember we were giving away my stroller i didn't know we were giving away my stroller until we ran out of the house and i like jumped down the last step thing onto the sidewalk and uh I just expected that I was gonna get to jump into the stroller and be like carted around town. <laughs> and right. my mom was little like no baby Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was like, No, you're too big for that now. So I remember being like really aware of it at the time, like, Oh, I'm too big now to be in the stroller. What does that even mean? Hmm. So a little different from yours.
0: Today on affluenza, what do corporations tell us about our bodies? Uh, what are the perversions of this ideology, and what do we do about it?
2: So many women want to call me baby, and you wonder why the fuck did I ain't call you lately? Some would say that I'm the symbol for sex, and uh, others would hate, but I don't give them no breath. Go on a date, I'm at the crib with the chef, and uh, that's me, and you could order whatever. The specialty is white snake and underwear sauce, you could probably catch the
0: Welcome to Affluenza, everybody. The only podcast where we discuss the cultural disease that is capitalism. Today we have late capitalism Laura in the house. She <laughs> <laughs> She's here to discuss with us capitalism and body image. Uh, Laura has several journalistic credentials, a variety <laughs> of life experiences, but uh, her preeminent honor is... She is the only person in the world to receive the distinguished award of being my sister. Easiest award of them all. (laughs) Didn't really have a choice in the whole thing. And as fourth mic here, we have our sweet boy, Mr. Riley Rudel. Please sound off in the chat, Riley. (laughs) So, welcome to the pod, Laura. So happy to have you here. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the weirdness it is to have a body in this day and age. God, it's so weird. It's so weird. We hate it. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many messages about how our bodies are wrong. Uh,
1: One takeaway should probably be that the bodies are not the weird part. It's the day and age that seems to be the weird part.
0: Yeah, for sure. And... We all salute Laura here because she's been spending the last couple weeks just truly in the mines, hacking away to find the finest ores and specimens for us. Uh, Even at her own uh, risk, she's been poisoned. She's been exposed to dangerous brain chemicals. You know, the brain worms are worth it to present this truly awful material.
1: I, for one, am excited because I know the least about what we're about to see, so it's give me a little preview.
0: It's just, like, the most unwell I've felt <laughs> while consuming content. Is okay, so just, that's what
1: I have to look forward to. Yes,
0: get ready to feel bad. <laughs> yeah, like, if you clicked on this episode and read the description, you might anticipate that we're going to talk about some tough issues here. Uh, body image, eating disorders, fat phobia, and we're going to get... You know a little more personal than we have so far on the pod because body image is an issue that intimately affects all of us but it's also something that like we don't really talk about much even with the people closest to us so part of this uh hour or so that you're going to spend with us is going to be breaking that silence and talking about the weirdest parts of having a body in capitalism and laura i understand that you've uncovered A truly disturbing television program. One would really wonder how this ran for as long as it did. (laughs) How long did it run for? Seven seasons from 2008 to 2014. Really the height of culture. Okay. I'm introducing you all to super size versus super skinny. Oh, an opposition? A (laughs) battle? Get you a girl who can do both. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, What's super size versus super-skinny? So, this show is really framed as a health and wellness show, where Dr. Christian Jenner, otherwise known for his appearances on the show Embarrassing Bodies... Oh, no! No. (laughs) I sort
1: of remember that. I think... For the record, I lived in Morocco, and then I lived in England, and now I live in the U.S.
0: I think it's a little better than it sounds. I think it's like trying to destigmatize just, like, common body things that... But, like, what are the embarrassing bodies that they feature? Do you remember? I don't know. I think it's just, like, a lot of sex stuff. A lot of just, like, smells and stuff like that. But still, there's this element of it that's like, we're going to showcase these embarrassing bodies for your consumption, and there's a profit motive in doing so. So let's not forget that Dr. Christian What's-His-Face is trying to sell us something in uh, Super Size versus Super Skinny or whatever he appears on. He's trying to package himself as a wellness guru that has these wacky ideas to, you know... Confront people with their eating habits in a sort of like shock maneuver that's going to make them conform. Is that right? Mm.
1: The, it Bury sounds that. very much like a body sort of freak show brought into the twenty first century instead of it being like a nineteenth century like road show.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell us about. Well, super I'm going to tell you about the concept before I jump in. Okay. So, a person. A person who is probably underweight um, and a person who is maybe obese, maybe morbidly obese are paired together uh, and they are made to switch diets for a amount of time ranging from a week or so in earlier seasons. Uh, it was cut down to two days, which was probably You know, a good direction to go in. Right, they realized they couldn't force feed slash starve people for an extended amount of time for the public's entertainment and cut it down. Is that what I'm Mm -hmm. understanding? Mm -hmm. So they're made to switch diets, and there are these little, like, health segments interspersed where we talk about some, like... American diseases. Oh, look at the Americans. This is what they're doing over there. They're obese. <laughs> they're so fear you're obese. mongering about, like, you'll end up like an American if you don't change your habits. Yes, very that. Um, some bits about eating disorders. And then the big final reveal at the end, after they go through this uh, food clinic, I think they call it. After their time in the food clinic, they are sent with these like unspecified diet plans that are supposed to be like okay we put you on the opposite extreme now we're going to give you like a healthy diet plan but the viewer but like why go to that opposite extreme in the first place if the target is to get to a healthy place isn't the most like reasonable way to get there just like through a linear path that has you like slowly reducing or increasing your amount of calories one would think but we're all about shock and shame here on <laughs> super size versus I was super skinny say, there's,
1: there's an outside chance that there could be a reasonable answer for that something about the idea of like understanding that they're on an extreme and that there are other extremes and that moderation is important. But something tells me that's not really what's underlying this and it's not really the message you get when you watch it.
0: Not at all. Another interesting fact is when they do get their healthy meal plans, we as a viewer have no insight at all until what that means. Like what are the healthy habits that this show wants us to follow? We only get the Different ends of the spectrum and like, oh, look at this. This is bad. There's no like good alternative presented to us. So you're telling us that it is packaged as a health show, but is not in fact supported by the content of health advice, but is in reality a freak show of the opposite extremes of human bodies. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no is right. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'm personally not super shocked by this because I just feel like it was part of the ecosystem of shows that brought us Fat Camp or Celebrity Fat Camp, whatever that was. Because that started in England and I remember the early, I watched a little bit of that as a kid. And yeah, there's, you know, there's some intense stuff like that that people... They can get, like, a lot of emotional connection value out of it if it's done right, I feel like, in terms of reality TV. But the tendency of reality TV is to go for shock value. And there's nothing more shocking than body horror for some viewers. Mm.
0: Um, A thing that I found while looking into this show is just how many people who do disordered eating use this show as some kind of, like, aspirational piece of media oh, no. what do you like mean? they look at it and they say oh like look at this they call them the super skinny look at this person's diet that's a good idea i'm going to do that i'm going to mimic this like really really restrictive diet mm. and i'm going to look at this person, the supersized person, and I'm going to use that as fuel of what I don't want to become. It's really... That reminds me of like... 10 to 2014 like pro Anna Tumblr that is like encouraging eating disorders oh, by I valorizing the skinniest most like emaciated bodies possible and being mm-hmm. like my dream collarbones or like hip bones or whatever jutting out of my body in a grotesque fashion and that's like, something that we repost in black light. and white screen caps from Skins the like eating disorder girl from Cassie. Skins yeah Yeah, that kind of, like, looking to that for inspiration. Yeah, it's dark.
1: The only thing that I was thinking about when you mentioned that some people are following this is that that, to me, is really proof that what they're doing is not handling it responsibly. Mm. And you just know the show's going to be awful. I've never seen the show. I barely remember that it existed.
0: No, like, you see, you hear the phrase... Super size versus super skinny, and who's watching that content because they think that it's a genuine health plan for them? The title of the program is phrased oppositionally. We're pitting these two extremes against each other, uh, and the implication is who for will your entertainment. Win. Yeah, who will win? <laughs> who will prevail, super size or super skinny? And that's mm-hmm. what they're marketing and selling to us. So, uh, you know laura as we said has been deep in the trenches oh and she's selected the most perverse episode for us that she could find i'll be i'll be really
1: curious to see the ways that they differ in representation from one side of the extreme to the other because i just can't imagine that they're discussing them as equally you know like problematic for health reasons not you, you know what i mean like the degree to which these bodies are problematic are the degree to which the person is harming themselves. Mm. Anything else other than that seems irresponsible, and I'll be really curious the ways that the lack of equal treatment comes out in the
0: show. Mm. I have picked for you all Season 5, Episode 1. I think it gives you the best of both worlds. It unfortunately does not have the tube. That the earlier seasons have.
1: What's the tube? The tube. What's
0: the tube? Yeah, I think we should demonstrate the tube before we go any further. Demonstrate. We can see the tube. We can see the tube. Let me, Little tube as a treat for as our a listeners. Treat. The <laughs> tube is where Dr. Christian Jenner strips these people down to their underwear. Why? Uh, just so we can see their bodies and look at their bodies and think about their bodies. Okay. And he has this big tube set up, and one by one, they make the food drop down the tube. Wait, what food? The food that this person has eaten in, I believe, a week.
1: Is it season-long characters?
0: No, it's just ah. an episode for each Episodic. character. One All and right. done. Yeah, sometimes in later seasons, they'll like bring them back to be like, oh, look how they are now. This episode has a
2: mother daughter duo. About to be faced with
1: their entire weekly food
2: Joanne, this tube here is going to be yours. So we're going to start at the top of the day with breakfast. Here we go. Yeah, that's not a good start, is it?
0: Okay, so first he has the people meet each other. They're about to come crashing together. So that they can oh, no. marvel at each other's bodies. Wow. Hey, they're shaking Incredible. hands. Wow. Incredible.
2: Incredible. We
0: can't bones are not like these four dysfunctional dieters are about to be faced with their entire weekly food intake.
2: Joanne, this tube here is going to be yours. This is yours. So we're going to start at the top of the day with breakfast. Here we go.
0: Okay, the tube. So br- they're starting with breakfast. The food comes down the tube. Explain this to me, Laura. Just piles up so we can look and we can say, ooh, look at all that food piling up or not piling up in the f- case of the super skinny. Okay. Oh, it was
1: just like pure mass of what someone takes in. Yeah. So they must have studied what their diet is on a day-to-day basis. Yeah,
0: they made them blog it.
1: There's no way they're not fudging the numbers on this, by the way. Like, 100%. They're like, okay, what's a more extreme day for you?
0: (laughs) So we're looking at two tubes next to each other so they can literally stack up all the food. What do y'all think happens to this food when they pile, like, a tiramisu on top of a burger, on top of a lasagna? You think it just gets thrown out? It goes right to me. Nom, nom, nom. (laughs) (laughs) call Call that meal soup. <laughs> Get all your flavors in. <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't that be nice? But, no, it probably just goes in the trash, which is really cool and ethical <laughs> of Dr. Christian. Well,
1: there's a lot of food waste in the world, and while I'm not a proponent of that by any means... I definitely am a little more bothered by the idea of just piling up an entire uh, pile of food because the thing that's going to be most stark is not going to be the... Well, the size difference will be very stark. But alongside that, the food's going to look really gross when it's piled up. That's the point... That's the point of, like, flying it through the tube and piling up, is so that it looks gross, so that more food looks more gross to viewers.
0: Right, no. and with, for a person with an eating disorder that's looking at that, they're like, oh, look how disgusting that food looks. I better not eat any more of it. Nothing's going to look good in that tube. Like, no. what is you're... your ideal tube, Dr. Christian? No, my if tube like, what would your tube be? Because my tube would just be full of talkies and Starbucks double shots and nothing else. <laughs> my tube would have Hot Pockets. <laughs> like, oatmeal. It would just be nasty. Right. Whatever no else is in tube. my
1: tube, the Nutella is going to make it really gross. <laughs> Lots of Some Nutella. F-
0: nice consistency there. <laughs> okay, yeah. so let's, like, see what... This like gross exploitation of these people with these tubes involved. Starting
2: with breakfast.
0: Nothing.
2: Yeah, that's not a good start, is it? So surely by this stage, so at he's just nagging
0: them, <laughs> right?
2: Right. Keith, is that a lunch? The answer's no. If you no. need a clue. No. And so, what is that? If you, you need a, a clue, breakfast. Seven kids to clean up after. And you think a tomato is going to sustain you and allow you to do that. Does this surprise you? Is this what you're expecting from our super skinnies?
0: No, not as bad as one tomato, but I do expect it to be healthy.
2: Right, let's have a look at more lunches. At least we've got a sandwich there, Keith. That's a kind of normally...
1: Wait, sorry. Did she just make the distinction where she was saying she expected more food and for it to be healthy, like the eating of a tomato? Like, surely the fact that a tomato is a fresh fruit vegetable thing is way more way less important than the fact that you only ate a tiny amount
0: yeah i mean i'd like i think this is an essential element of this show is where this psychopath doctor just like pits the like obese people against the anorexic people and has them publicly judge and ridicule each other's eating habits how is that productive for either of these people suffering from mental illnesses that have, like, verified treatments uh, that this, like, supposed health guru doesn't really seem interested in pursuing. It's almost as if super-sized versus super-skinny does not really care about these people's health. (laughs) Incredible.
1: I bet this nutritionist doctor-type person also is just... Fully using these people to further a particular agenda and that's the way that he's justifying how unbelievably horribly he's treating the people who are in the room with him because he thinks there's going to be some like broader public good that he could do with it by like promoting balanced diet or something but it's mm-hmm. such the thinnest thread possible for this dude just making a bunch of money mm-hmm. <laughs> alright let's go dinner time what, what is that? it's
2: a tunicabag Oh, look, there's another one. Another doner kebab. Hooray! Do you ever look at the sort of snacks you get through? That is it for food for you guys, really and truly it. And I have to say, Joe, you win the prize for smallest amount of food in a food tube ever. You don't seem surprised, shocked, ashamed, anything by this. What are you used your to be thoughts? Ashamed. It is really little. What do you tend to drink? Lots of coffee. <laughs>
0: oh the liquids, imagine, <laughs> <adding> <laughs> the liquids they're just adding the liquids oh it's so a soup you now gives you a boost, gives
2: you a boost.
1: no matter how much but you think your eat it count will always be gross
2: maybe, <laughs> it's there's no 1, winning you. with you i don't really know what to say because your calorie count is Astounding! It's nine hundred and fifty calories a day. I hope these this people are getting calories. Like how much is the on this show? One-year-old. Because the
0: exploitation of their bodies to and like a the sensationalisation is just eating two thousand calories a day. Incredible. And to me. Keith, yeah. two thousand
2: five hundred. Ladies, it's your turn now. Tara, this is going to be your tube. Oh, Janet, no. this is your tube. Here we go. First breakfast coming in now. I mean, your food says to me convenience.
0: Yeah, it is. Yes.
2: Quick, grab it! I want it now. Is that right? All right. So here we go. Dinners, samosas. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. Big old noodly prawns. The works. Indian takeaway, chicken tikka, is it? Skinny, girl is so takeaway food.
0: Yeah, she looks really tasty. You have really no control
2: over what's in it at all, do you? The fat content, the salt content, the sugar content. You know nothing about it.
0: Yikes! Big On body shots. Tara but, um... and Janet combined are eating fourteen thousand calories.
1: Notice that after he talked to the people who aren't eating very much, it was just like, wow, that is so little. Unbelievable. And when he talked to the people who are overweight, he said to them, oh, wow, we're going to change this. Mm. There's so much more direct.
2: girls, you can put it in my video. Dark girls, you can put it in Video smarty art chicks you can put it in my video Dumb holes, you can put it in my video smooth girls you can put it in my video girls, you can put it in my
1: video and we're back from a little break we just watched an entire episode and it was
0: horrifying so bad
1: <laughs> <laughs> there are so many points of it that seem well intentioned and then Mm. even in those parts it's pretty terrible it's
0: like okay i see what you were trying to do with this (laughs) yeah like the end of it is this sort of recuperative moment where the person with the eating disorder and the person with the binge eating disorder are both sort of shoehorned by the producers into being like this is how this program helped me uh, lose or gain weight Like, I'm wearing makeup now. I wasn't at the beginning. I'm fun and flirty now. Uh, Thanks, sir. (laughs) Sir.
1: (laughs) I really want to talk about the two inserts that happen, Mm because overall we have this episode about these two women, but they decide that they want to tackle the issue in general, and so we get a little (laughs) bit of both. Mm -hmm. We get one insert that's about an anorexic girl in England Mm -hmm. who's struggling and going through therapy and trying to figure stuff out, and it's like, pretty wholesome in a lot of ways and you're like why couldn't you just do this to heal you (laughs) to deal with this problem instead of
0: some therapy might be nice instead of the food clinic.
1: (laughs) Why don't we put these people against each other and see how well (laughs) they get along under this intense physical strain.
0: Yeah, let's just just do shock and shame or treatment methods.
1: And then the most shocking part of the episode probably is all the body horror from the other insert, which is about going to Evansville, Indiana, because apparently it's the fattest city in America and just to be clear from a British perspective the idea of fat Americans is this huge thing. Mm. People talk about it all the time and they're really scared of becoming like America because they think they're following in those footsteps and you can really see it and it just becomes this really weird voyeuristic view of what it's like to be basically poor in the u.s is what Mm -hmm. that's the impression you get that there's really not a a lot of opportunity for good food in places where there are food deserts and everyone is relying on fast food all the time
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and to be clear the way that this is presented is not this doctor being like let's uh present some statistics about what life is like for obese people in america rather it's let's travel to this place with an obese person that we're trying to scare straight and uh shame them into believing this is what your life could be if you don't shape up and we're supposed to both enjoy that content and also i don't know take something valuable away from it Mm -hmm. in terms of how we as a society should be different than evansville indiana i don't know I just want to play looking to the land of plenty for
2: Dr. Christian's intro. I'm in the epicenter of the U S obesity crisis, Evansville, Indiana, officially America's fattest city to investigate why Americans are getting bigger and bigger and to find out what we in the UK can learn from where America has gone so very wrong.
1: And that's exactly what I was talking about. Just this view of, we are, on a slippery slope, and we could be America in the worst possible sense if we're not careful. And there is a lot of that in the individual dealing with each of the characters that we meet on the show, these people who come on the show who have this idea that their life is slipping away from them, and they want to take some control. And that's great, and there are aspects Mm. of it that are great, that, you know, you don't have anything against the people coming on the show, except occasionally they don't treat each other particularly Mm. nicely.
0: Like... Yeah, it's good to want to, like, improve your quality of life. To, like, practice healthy habits. Like, do what feels good to you. But this show just, like, makes it such a spectacle. It just has this, like, very thin guise of, like, oh, we're going to help these people. It's, oh, we care about their health. We're showing you all of these, like, crazy close-ups of their body but we care about their health it's not just like us trying to do this like freak show basically is what we're gonna frame this as yeah and there's nothing wrong with having a weight loss or gain goal as part of your health goals but like I would really encourage everyone to frame that as part of like a number of reasonable and achievable goals for yourself rather than hyper focusing on what your body measurements are every day because not only is that like not really representative of your health overall but it's super toxic for you right and at the end when they do their like triumphant oh i've gained like x amount of stone (laughs) which is 14 pounds yeah i think so it's just about their weight it's not about like blood pressure measurement like it's just weight. that's all they're looking at at the end basically is like oh i've dropped this or i've gained this
1: yeah he did do the measurements Uh, yeah the the bigger lady was really happy with how she felt about herself and if you listen to her she talks about how her energy levels are different and how people had been telling her that you know eating too much of certain types of junk food was really probably the reason why she was feeling lethargic hmm. and she just didn't believe them and then she changed her diet and she felt better and that's right. the thing that should be focused on more than anything but at the end he's pointing at different parts of her body and <laughs> listing the new measurements and right. exactly how many inches have been lost at various different points <laughs> of her body it's
0: disgusting he's like oh wow your thighs uh two centimeters your, whatever your stomach your arms it's like very much just about how she looks at the end like she talked about how she felt but that obviously from the scene was not what we were meant to care about right like her well-being in the show seems secondary to the spectacle of her body for us as the viewers and as what they promote is the ultimate health goal which is so dangerous Also, I want to add on this mission that Dr. Christian has to go to the U.S. to see what went so very wrong. (laughs) All he does is show us, like, gore, basically, of, like... Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Several
1: minutes of different angles of someone's foot where they had lost one or more toes because of... Diabetes-related complications.
0: Yeah, you motherfuckers are lucky that this is an audio-only platform, because <laughs> I saw some things which should not be seen in the past hour.
1: I closed we my were, eyes like we were seven yelling. different times and kept <laughs> opening them to find it was still on the Just screen. like
0: peeping, but it's still there. Right. If that was your foot and it was being displayed like that, <laughs> it's gross how he uses these, like, Americans who are just, like, living, and are like, look at this, this could be us!
2: Yeah. <laughs> I love
1: the quick little moment where they end up at a fast food place, and the lady at the fast food place just says, Yeah, people aren't here to get a salad. And then Mm -hmm. that's the whole thing. They're like, oh, look at them making french fries. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah, and like, no no shit. It's
0: obviously because the market dictates what people are able to afford in their positions because things like food deserts exist where people aren't able to get nutritional meals at an affordable price. And that is all wrapped up in why this person is like yeah we don't serve salads at this food truck you british dickwad (laughs) uh but none of that is explored or contextualized it's literally just scare tactics
1: i do wonder how much someone like this with the accent that he has and everything is self-aware about how he's perceived in the U S that there's like a certain stereotype associated with this guy where he's going to come in and just be really superior. And everyone Pongous. just kind of has to deal with it because it's like, he's the doctor who talks about the health stuff. Right. And it's like, mm, does he though? Cause when he talks about health concerns, he talks about heart palpitations and all he, he mentioned all these different possible side effects of, uh, malnutrition for the woman who was really, really skinny. And when he really got into the details and talked at length, it was always body horror related. He yeah. showed this uh, dysfunction related like, to fingernails like and talked about hair falling up. It's yeah. all aesthetic. It's all about, like, look at this and how gross it is. And you don't want to look gross, do you? Isn't that
0: gross? Yeah. <laughs> In earlier seasons, they do this thing... With the super skinny person, is what they call it. Where they just, at the beginning of the thing, they take pictures of their body and they're just like, look! (laughs) And it's just like, how did you think this is helpful for them? This is just shame. Yeah. This is just shame.
1: I remember... I I can't cope. Even in this one, he was talking to the lady and... Went into a lot of different details, and you could see how uncomfortable she was. Mm -hmm. She didn't like it. And you know, nobody loves a doctor's visit where they're telling you what you're doing wrong, right? But it, he's not pulling any punches, and that's kind of the point. Because yeah. the, the shock value within the logic of the show is supposed to be you will be shocked into slightly adjusting your behavior. You will yeah. have a mental state change where your approach to your own body will change. But all along the way, the experience was so awful. Yeah.
0: Like, the whole tough love approach might work for some people, uh, but I have this research pulled up that says fat shaming is making people sicker and heavier. Um, not surprising. Not surprising. It's just like you could just be like coming at this from like a more affirming like here are the ways that you can like feel good, like feel better. Here are some like nice strategies for you. Here is like s- sustainable changes that we can make and like build up. Uh, instead of just like negging these people. So I think this is an excellent bridge to move into our conversation about like diet culture on the internet writ large. Uh, Mm. Laura, our researcher, our correspondent, what have you found? This may surprise us, but the internet is not very kind to fat people. Oh, damn.
1: Yeah, no no surprises there, all right.
0: (laughs) Though it's not as bad as it was a few years ago, it is still not hard to find, like, they'll call it, like, body acceptance, fat acceptance, cringe compilations. And it's usually cringe just... comps, classic, yeah. It's, it's usually just fat people existing. Yeah, <laughs> like... Fat, queer, and disabled people vibing is usually just, like, 70% of cringe comps. Fat <laughs> girl's on TikTok doing the TikTok dance, and it's like, oh, she's doing the TikTok dance. Yeah. And it's like... Who is this for? Just like making fat people a spectacle is still just so prevalent that, like these cringe compilations are still racking up the views. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like r slash cringe, r slash cringe pics, r slash fat logic. What have Ooh. you? What have you uncovered on fat logic, Laura? So I found fat logic. Uh, I was a Reddit not- forum, to be clear, for all of the unseasoned listeners out there. I was um, unfamiliar with this subreddit prior to this, but I was like googling to see what kind of conversation people were having about this, Um, and it was like, "Haha, look at this great show about super size versus super skinny." No, No. they loved it. (laughs) They liked it, yeah. Um, The whole the whole subreddit is basically just like dunking on the health at every size idea of the body acceptance movement that you can't just like look at someone and be like, you are unhealthy. Okay, Like, like, Laura, I remember seeing this forum a few years ago and it was like, super derogatory and there was like ham planet and like whale posting mm-hmm. and it, fat logic right. is that still the current state of the forum or has it changed i haven't seen as many of those like whale ham like that kind of language but it's a bit more subtle like The
1: meme logic is developed over time. The jokes are developing. They have their own like internal culture that they cultivate, and and it's
0: harder to suss out from. Yeah, an outsider just like looking at it. Yeah, there are some interesting things though. They have the little like badges next to their usernames that will tell you their starting weight, their current weight, and their goal weight. No, which is something that I was only previously uh, privy to on Pro Anna Tumblr. Right, as that's we another. Talked about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, What's Pro Anna? Uh, Pro Anorexia Tumblr. Oh. It's just inspiration. It's like tips. Um, Yeah, so when we referenced pro-Anna Tumblr earlier, we're talking about a distinct period in Tumblr in, like, the early to mid-2010s where, uh, like, teen girls would post and reblog a lot of images of super skinny women as inspiration and... You know, unhealthy goals, Uh, they log their statistics at every opportunity and just like... They'll give you little tips too, like, oh, cut up your meal more so that it takes a longer time for you to eat it and people, like, think that you're eating more than you really are. Right, like a whole community of people enabling your eating disorder, basically. There are also, like, tons of forums pro-Anna forums, there's just, like, a lot of pro-Anna media (laughs) around that you can access. Yeah, and there's the explicitly pro-Anna shit that tags itself as pro-Anna, and I think that there is subtly pro-Anna stuff, and I think this has leaked its way into leftist discourse, where women valorize being skinny. Or, like, slim thick. Right. Right like this really unrealistic hourglass.
1: I always liked the thing where they talk about what a woman would, what a woman's proportions would be if they matched a literal Barbie doll and just right. how ridiculously impossible it is and what sort of problems you would have walking right? <laughs> functioning.
0: Yeah. Just like physically. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's like a fair way to bridge into our conversation about unrealistic body expectations. It's So, now is our discussion about body image and capitalism and intimacy, and I have a lot to say about this topic, but it's pretty personal, so here's where we're getting into the mind zone. Go off. Mind zone. (laughs) Yeah, so I have a lot of experience with the way that like body image affects intimacy. You know, I had an ex in my life who was really controlling about my weight and my diet and really wanted me to crack like a hundo, uh, go below that even, which, you know, I'm 5'5 is not like a great idea. I have a lot of health goals. I'd like to be able to, like, hold a side crow for more than one second, and (laughs) I'd like to reduce my caffeine and talkies intake, (laughs) Um, but, like, no one could have really reasonably told me at the time that, like, losing weight would be a legitimate health goal for me, but because of the way that, like, my ex framed my body to me in our conversations, like, it was a really prominent focus in my life, and... I, like, have a little distance from that now and have processed it a lot, and now that I have, I kind of feel a little bad for him because, Mm. you know, I think that he is sort of suffering from the same mindset as a lot of folks, like, men and women that are indiscriminating consumers of media and pornography, which is, like yearning for a connection with an adult woman with the body of a 14 year old but tits and I have to believe that that is the driver of a lot of loneliness in our society like a profound loneliness even if it's not one that I can personally relate to yeah
1: you think that men in particular have created loneliness for themselves because of their unrealistic expectations of their romantic partners?
0: I don't necessarily think it's exclusive to men. I think it's uh, a product of consumerism and the way that sex is packaged to us. My big response is just like, I don't think your partner should be having a say in what weight you are. If you're going to have a weight goal, which is, like, an if already to me, I think that should be something from you or something from a medical professional and not from the person who only is interested in this based on, like, oh, I want you to look this way as my partner. Right. And, like, you know, I've felt scrutiny and judgment in my life, not just for my body, but for the bodies of people that, like, I date and mm. am attracted to. And, you know, I, like, have dated people with people. larger BMIs than myself, and mm. I don't think that's, like, abnormal by any means, I think. like, But I remember a lot of people's reactions being, like, surprised or oh that's what you're into and I think that that's a way of really telling on yourself because those people can't really conceptualize an attraction to a fat person outside of like some dehumanizing fetish and Mm -hmm. I think that that in itself is like so reductive and further dehumanizing and we should think about Like, our attractions and intimacy in relation to a whole person instead of their body parts. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, in, like, getting past all of these seeds of doubt that my ex has planted in my head about my confidence and all of this, the thing that has really helped me is thinking about, like, why would I hold myself to a standard that I wouldn't hold anyone else to? Because, yeah. like, it's not the case that I'm just attracted to, like, beefcake dudes with 0% body fat or, like, women with tiny waist. Like, that's just not the reality. And so, like, the way that you might internalize your value, it doesn't always match the reality of how other people, like, accept value and love you. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important to keep in mind. Yeah, I think... A lot of people, like, think they're body positive because they watch, like, thick girl porn. Right, like (laughs) BBW. Oh my god, and by the way, god, this really hails me back to the time I was an undergraduate at Baylor University and the- Sick and bears, and the poorly named Baylor businesswomen would wear their abbreviations on T-shirts to class, and it was just a travesty. You know, who do you tell at the Baptist institution what BBW stands for? Anyway, continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like okay, yeah, you you want a reward for w- watching porn with fat people? Like you think that makes you an ally? I mean, you're just, like, viewing this person as an object. And I don't know. I just think that a lot of the fat acceptance movement, as I've seen it, is, like, finding fat people attractive rather than, like, thinking of fat people as people and, like, not the butt of the jokes, the cringe compilation material. Yeah, I think that there's a few different dynamics of this, I think, like, there's the guy who is, like, really secretly into fat girls, but won't admit it, Mm. and that can be really fucked up because you fetishize someone, but you, like, won't cop to what you actually believe or find attractive because of your shame that doesn't even really directly affect you or your body image, so... Uh, I feel
1: that. I don't I don't always feel comfortable talking about who I'm attracted to. Mm-hmm. I think the more fundamental thing underneath the dynamic that we're talking about is just I think a really important part of this is just the idea that there are a lot of men who don't respect women in general. Yeah. And so regardless of body type, they're looking at them as something oppositional, something to make fun of, something, yeah. you know, that's other to them. Right. And that seems to be, you know, underlying all of these issues. Mm. Regardless of the woman that they're interacting with, they have to see them as a person (laughs) first. And then all of the rest of it can go along. Because I think the shaming of women for their weight is so different than the shaming of men for their weight. Mm -hmm. Certainly, I knew lots of guys, you know, throughout my life I've known guys who have suffered from being bullied or teased or, you know more adult versions of that same behavior Mm. just because they were a little heavier than the people around them but typically i think of body positivity as just being accepting and dealing with people on (laughs) just as people in front of you who have their own struggles and it isn't you know sometimes people's struggles are related to their health problems it doesn't have to be something where you see them as inferior for not having Whatever the mindset is where you're disrespecting people who are heavy, just don't do that. Just change the way that you deal with people and you'll understand them as people.
0: Yeah. There's a Louis C.K. episode about this. Like, rest in peace, canceled 2018, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. That guy did
1: not manage to apologize well, for the record.
0: Yeah, fair enough. But there is an episode where he, like, dates this woman who's fat, and she is like, "Uh, you can't just keep dating me but be ashamed to be dating me and, like, use me for sex because you are, like, into fat women, but you won't admit it. And I think that that's, like, super poignant because there's this dynamic of people's internalized like shame about their bodies but that's only reinforced when the people who are like naturally attracted to them which is like a historically reinforced phenomenon it's not always been the case that like society trains us to want to only have sex with like really thin women that don't look like they can bear children Uh, like, there's this reaction of wanting to hide that because it contravenes, like, what the economic or social imperative is. And, you know, that hurts people if you happen to care about such things. Yeah. When you look at, like, the body positive movement, like... What I kind of imagine at this point is just like some brand, some fucking brand, just like showing you like a really beautiful fat person and being like, "Look, we're body positive. We found the prettiest person alive." And oh,
1: like the Dove beauty campaign yeah. was a little bit like that. And then, even with them, they were for the most part not yeah <laughs> not heavy, just like yeah. a little bit curvier. And it's right. like, yeah. You're showing us a bunch of beautiful people. We get it. Like, you don't always have to use stick-thin models. We get it. That's not the same thing as body positivity. Right.
0: And, you know, I'm just going to say it. I think ugly fat people deserve to be treated (laughs) with respect. Yes. Ugly rights now. (laughs) Ugly rights now. And I don't know. I just think that when you're pursuing, like, some kind of health goal, I think it's important to think about, like, why is this just to look a certain way? Is it to like improve my quality of life and feel better and like have a better mood, be able to go about my daily tasks better? Like a lot of fitness culture I think is influenced by brands just being like this, buy our product and then you'll look like this. Like flat tummy tea our workout gear. Yeah, and it's almost a corporate brainwashing because the thing I'm seeing more and more in relation to, like, diet and workout gear advertisements is, like, you won't even have to think for this to work. Like, mm-hmm. the most recent thing I can think of is the Noom ad that was, like we rewire your brain to like help you lose weight. You barely even have to do anything. It's effortless. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like those bangles that are super popular that are like heavy that you wear around your wrist. Right. Um, Wait, what what? It just weighs you down a little bit so that you have to put in more effort to move around. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Burn more calories. Oh my god, they're like this But, like as a fashion accessory. As a workout equipment slash fashion accessory. Like, go about your life, but wear these.
1: When I was a kid, I thought that Bowflex was the coolest looking thing ever. Like, it, mm-hmm. just the styling and the commercial. And then I saw one in real life, and I'm like, oh, it's so cool. <laughs> and then I tried it out, and I'm like, this is super boring and annoying, and it doesn't feel natural.
0: <laughs> it's just like, what do... These companies do not care about my health. <laughs> they care about making me buy their whatever stupid little product and the best way to do that is to play at my insecurities and a rife (laughs) target is like body like a lot of people are insecure about their bodies so if we make a stupid little product that says we're gonna help you it's easy to get people and another thing that the company has just so happened to care about is displacing the responsibility onto you and you alone for your health so that they can justify paying lesser premiums when people have pre-existing conditions. Mm. Huh. much to think about.
1: <laughs> the assumption along the way is, I think that someone had good intentions in the design, right? That mm-hmm. someone was like, we want to make good workout equipment. We want to make something that people can, like, carry, on, carry around with them and feel good about how they look while they're, like, getting this little bit out
0: of it or something. Good diet suppressant lollipops. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> Kim K. Oh. <laughs> out, get out of here with that.
1: I think we pretty clearly learned that even when you're a doctor of nutrition... You might be a little bit too obsessed with body horror yeah, to be the (laughs) right person to tell people how to deal with their own body image and eating health-related decisions. Mm. It was the weirdest thing watching that show. It was so bad. (laughs) That guy never prove to me, in a single scene, that he had good intentions. Mm. Every single scene, that guy appears to have bad intentions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, let's return to this psychotic doctor, see what he's got cooking for
1: us. You got a couple more clips for us, right?
0: I, mean, I do. One of the most shocking aspects to this this whole run of the super size versus super-skinny show is the four episode arc super size versus super skinny kids? No, children. No, children. No, no, fuck. Like it's, teens? Yes, teens. Teens, preteens, preteens. That kind of age. The same show, but with kids. They make them such diets. Yes, they have their parents cook it up and then give it to the other kid. I'm speechless.
1: You're I'm speechless.
0: speechless.
1: I was in genuine shock there, thinking about it.
2: I asked the kids to keep a food diary for one week, and it's time to confront the families with... They do the
0: tube, of tender. course they do the tube. Going to right. I'm start
2: with you, and we're going to start with your breakfasts. Here we go. Does it get a bit better at lunchtime?
0: A little bit better. Okay,
2: well, let's see. Here we go. The tuna baguettes. Yeah? Oh, yes, look. More tuna baguettes. I think there might be a burger and chips, though. Yeah. Shall we go on to dinners? Anything looks gross if you okay, put it
0: chocolate?
2: in a tube! This
0: won't and possibly it have an adverse effect on these children. <laughs> no, not on their psyches.
2: Some days, a third of your total calorie intake is coming from cola and the sugary lollies.
1: This totally reminds me of, like, a presentation they would give you in school. Mm. Like, some weird thing that someone came up with on the fly. Not produced by a television show. (laughs) Just someone was like... What if we stuffed all of the kids' food into a small space, (laughs) piled it on top, and then poured liquids in just to show how gross it was that they eat so much?
0: Oh, Ah, sugary cola? Ooh.
1: (laughs) The healthiest diet in the world would look just as disgusting.
2: Yeah. Not a fruit or a vegetable in sight anywhere. Not one, is there? Did you realize it was anything like that? No. You do not... Need a degree in nutrition to look at that and say, Not at all, that's not a good diet, do you? Not at all, no, Mm. right? So,
1: you don't need a degree in nutrition to know that this isn't how you evaluate whether or not food is good for you.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's the number one aspect that I make all of my food choices by. Right, how How good does it look? In the tube. (laughs) Squish up all together. Pour some liquid on top. That's right. Smush it down. Tube value. TV is the shorthand.
1: Just think about the the healthiest possible diet and what it would look in there. Because you're going to have, like, olives, a glass of wine. You're going to have, like... (laughs) Some chicken. <laughs> yeah, 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 some nice, nice white meat chicken. Yeah. You know, that's great. There's a lot, a lot of vegetables. A lot of wine.
0: Yeah. It's just like still soup. <laughs> the tube is always going to be gross soup. Once again, my tube, Takis, double shots, wine, a fine soup. I drink it up. It's delicious. It's how I sustain myself. A delicacy. <laughs> It just has to suck to be this parent. Like, oh, look at my super skinny daughter on national television. It reminds <laughs> me of the parents that let their kids go on Nathan for you and be in, like, the sex uh, isolation machine or right. whatever. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this dad seemed pretty sincere, but you got to imagine that there's a performance going on where he's like, oh, yeah, that food does look disgusting, yeah. But mostly he's just saying, "I didn't realize that my kid ate so few vegetables." And you're like, "Yeah, that makes sense." It's like, you know, busy parents are gonna lose track of stuff sometimes.
2: Yeah,
0: shaming not only the kid but the
2: parent. <laughs> yeah, oh, Yayan, it's your turn. I'm gonna start with your breakfasts. Some cereal? I was about to say that looks a fairly normal breakfast until the chocolate biscuits came in. Hmm. Oh no! Much time next. Talk me through your lunches, yo. Sandwiches, chips, pasta, sauce roll, sausages. <laughs> Let's move on and see what your dinners look like. We've got pizza or two. <clears throat> what are these? kebab-y things? Yeah. Else? It's just so much
0: rushing
2: when it's kids. Yup, that's some snacks. That's ridiculous.
0: That's ridiculous. His mom is so disappointed in her son. Fat
2: fried but like she's feeding him, right? He's consuming a whopping daily intake of almost 4,000 calories. That's a shocking overeat of over three days per week. And to justify his sugar levels, he'd have to be running a marathon every other day.
0: Who greenlit this? Who greenlit this super size versus super-skinny kid? Kids Kids edition. (laughs) It
1: seemed to me that he was trying to make it seem as extreme as possible. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, so obviously if we haven't made this point explicit yet Uh, thus far, uh, involving children in your insane and uh, not recommended by any valid medical professional... Scheme of shock therapy weight loss is a voyeuristic and evil capitalist move, and so see you in hell, Doctor. Christian Jensen. Doctor Christian Jensen. I wonder
1: how many doctors there are that you know would have no problem with this while watching it though, because I think. It's not like the the medical field is filled with angels who never ever make problematic <laughs> statements about their mm. patients. People have problems with the way doctors treat them all the time.
0: Yeah. Medical fat phobia, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Medical fat phobia is real and if you disagree with that, then you can find your comrades over at our fat logic (laughs) they will love your posts right oh gold to you kind stranger (laughs) being a child and having your body develop is like hard enough without Dr. Christian uh, exploiting you on national television, making you be this like negative example for all to gonk at. Right. Yeah. We're all feeling not so great about the direction that this is going. So Laura, please take us home. I I understand that you've found something Comedic and terrible simultaneously, which is what we love to see on Affluenza. Please explain. Uh, So something we've talked about a little bit is the amount of food waste that happens on this show. Uh, Usually about every episode, Dr. Christian will do some kind of dramatic display of of like, oh, this is how much X you eat in a week. And... This is how much at that rate you eat a new year and more of the same shock and shame formula. Right. Um, The most camp version of this I could find. Uh, I'll I'll just play the clip for you.
2: Now the penny is finally starting to drop. Dr. Christian wants to ensure Lauren understands the potential damage she's doing through her endless supply of white bread. Oh my God. He but has constructed he to find out if Lauren is aware a house of, how much bread she actually eats.
0: of bread. what
2: you eat in a week. Wow. Two loaves of bread a week, just for you. I, don't, I never think two loaves, loaves of bread a week
0: doesn't seem so bad. Like
2: forty slices I, of like, bread. I like we
0: grew up a in week. a house where our dad worked for Wonder Bread, and <laughs> we learned that white bread is like a staple of food, which is you make like, sandwiches. You you don't want to maybe eat two loaves of it, but I don't think that's like outrageous and deserving of like public ridicule. But what if you saw it? in bread house for 60
2: a month 2000 no.
0: <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. no <laughs> you
2: know wait
1: is that per month <sighs>
2: that is exactly You Lawrence eat a house of bread every year? it's
0: okay. up to a shocking it's like a thousand calories i don't know i eat bread for breakfast
1: regularly i'm sure you could make a house out of that of after blood blood a
0: year or Oh my
2: god oh my god with this nice white fluffy bread
0: is that when you okay okay stop this. imagine Living in a society where uh, housing insecurity is a real problem, and instead of using your wealth and resources to create solutions for people, shelter, you make a bread house! You make a bread house. You make a bread house that three people can hang out in for no reason, and then you destroy it? It's like. Oh, he
1: had reasons. He had his reasons.
0: He housed a shocker.
1: Yeah, they're just capitalist villain reasons instead of person caring for people reasons.
0: All right. This is too perverted for me. I'm out. Peak brain sickness (laughs) behind every stage of producing this show this is diseased this is affluenza of the first degree this man's will to promote himself as an edgy uh weight loss guru has probably ruined many lives and not to mention just like the absurd waste that is a product of this program Yeah, it's not good. All right, well, I need some, like, good vibes in my life after seeing Breadhouse, so uh, what's something that makes you guys feel good about your body? One thing that makes me feel good is having clothes that fit me. Like, that's definitely an important thing, because I was, like, so unwilling for the longest time to admit that I had gone from size zero to size two, and, like, uh Once I was just, like, willing to admit that and stop, like, squeezing myself into uncomfortable clothes, I felt so much better. And it's, like, really a vibe when you put on clothes that make you feel good and powerful and sexy in the morning. So I recommend that for each of you. I like when my body takes me places. <laughs> it takes me around. It lets me walk around. It lets me you know, accumulate many steps through a day. And I feel like that's, like, a really something I take for granted. It's not an enemy. I feel like a lot of this, like, fitness culture is, like, body as the enemy. But my body takes me around. It gives me power. It lets me live a fun little life. Right. Like, that's something that I found so helpful is exercising, not From the mentality that you're like punishing or disciplining your body, but that you're celebrating the cool things that your body can do, which is like a way more fun, engaging and exciting way to get your workout that makes your brain work good and sustainable. You're going to burn out if you're like, I hate this body. I will destroy it with these workouts. Right. Which is another thing that I feel like I am that psycho bitch in spin class that's like, I can go at 300 rotations per minute because this girl next to me has nothing on me, but that's I'm like going the... to get a good grade in spin class. Plus, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I don't know,
1: getting internally competitive inside your mind is perfectly fine in a workout class. <laughs> I... I think for me, a a big thing is that I really like playing team sports. I like working with other people and the way that it works out. And I feel like I've always just been a little bit better at a sport than I expect to be. (laughs) So that's a nice feeling. Like, I I could play soccer. I'm not amazing at it, but sometimes I do stuff that surprises me, and that's, like, a fun feeling.
0: That's right. Garrett loves soccer, and I want everyone listening out there to know that I attempted to impress him in November by trying to play team soccer for the first time and swiftly broke my foot in the process. (laughs) So if that tells you anything, it's that uh, caring for yourself and being active is a process of trial and error and... (laughs) Your loved ones will see you through it.
1: (laughs) Well, I hope I was there for you. I definitely felt really bad when you broke your foot.
0: Um, I think I might be more of an observer from now on. (laughs) 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 Alright, well, in conclusion, I encourage you to... view your body as sexy because other people out there do and uh that's the frame that you should adopt instead of like a disciplinary mentality towards yourself and doing so will help you flourish as we all should just do what feels good man
1: (laughs) do what feels good and in order to do what feels good you have to avoid doing things that feel bad like watching super size versus super oh skinny. God. Do not watch that. That's show. right. We Brain did worms.
0: it. We did it so you don't have to. And that's why you can come back to Affluenza each week for your weekly dose of sincerity and recaps of all of the diseased components of capitalist culture. We're exercising it. <laughs> Be gone. <laughs> Uh, demons. Laura, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? You know, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> just vibing. And thank you for doing so.
1: We were <laughs> glad to have
0: you. See you next time, everyone. Bye bye. I
2: don't get the hot